0: Welcome to the FBCLB podcast, where you'll find the preaching of Dave Delaney, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. Thanks for listening. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes. She laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You this evening for how our hearts have been encouraged by way of song. Father, we thank You for every member of the orchestra, the choir, Father, the the pianist, the, the boys and girls in the kids' choir. Father, we thank You for the way that it's encouraged us. We thank You for the way that it's turned our attention to You. Now, Father, we ask in these last, a few moments of our service this evening, we ask that you would use your word to to confirm and and to solidify, Father, the great truths we just heard testified of by way of song. Father, get the honor and the glory from all that we do and all that we say. And in Jesus' name, we pray. And all the church said together, "Amen." Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Luke chapter eleven tells us in one or Luke chapter 2 rather, in one simple verse, verse 11, tells us what the reason for the Christmas season is. The verse reads, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. For unto you is born a Savior. The reason for the Christmas season, the reason that the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world. The reason that God wrapped himself in human flesh like Philippians chapter 2 talks about. The reason that happened is for this reason right here because you and I needed a Savior. The Bible does not read in verse number 11 for unto you is born this day in the city of David complete joy complete peace complete goodwill towards your neighbor. this This is a byproduct of salvation. Because Jesus is the Savior that you and I need, we have joy. Because Jesus is the Savior that you and I need, we have peace. Because Jesus is the Savior that you and I need, there can be, and we can have, goodwill toward men, toward our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors, our co-workers. But the reason that Jesus came was not for joy. The reason that Jesus came was not for peace. The reason that Jesus came was not for goodwill. If the reason Jesus came was for peace, well, then he failed in his mission because we don't have peace today. If the reason that Jesus came was for joy, well, then, we, then he failed in his mission because how many of you know there's a whole lot of grumpy people in our world today I'm looking at some of them right now. If the reason Jesus came was for goodwill toward our neighbor, so that all we can do is kind and good deeds, well then then Jesus failed in his mission because that's certainly not true. The reason Jesus came was not for joy, it was not for peace, it was not for for goodwill. The reason Jesus came was to save us from our sins. And this is the verse reads, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior has been made available. Now, the, the natural question is this. If a Savior is made available, who, he, who is he made available to? Well, who can have the good news of salvation? Who can know that forgiveness of their sins is possible? Who is it that can trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Who is it that can be reconciled in their relationship with God? Well, the verse answers it for us. In verse number 11, look at the verse. For unto you, for unto you, me, us. The Savior that God sent into the world, He did so for you. He did for your benefit. He did for my benefit. It is to say that Jesus is a personal Savior. But what does it mean to trust the Lord Jesus as your Savior? What does it mean to have salvation? What does it mean? to know that your sins are forgiven. You've probably been asked that question at some point or another in your life. And you may go, well, I wonder what they are referring to. I I wonder what they mean when they say that. When when someone says Jesus is our Savior, He's the reason for the season, or Jesus came to save us from our sins, it's quite possible that when you hear that, you, you think in a very narrow or very small term. Three ways that Jesus three things Jesus came to save us from, right? Number one, Jesus saves you from something. The reason you need a Savior is because you need to be redeemed. You need to be helped because you are lost. These are all the images that the Bible gives us. Jesus saves you from something. Something. What is it that Jesus saves us from? Well, in Matthew chapter number 1, the angel talking to Joseph tells Joseph that the Emmanuel, being God with us, speaking of Jesus, that Emmanuel, or Jesus, God with us, He will come, In verse number 23 and 24 says, to save His people from their sins. If Jesus comes to save you, to save me from our sins from our sins. And what will we do with our, with our sin? It's quite possible this evening that you hear that and you go, well, Pastor, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a sinner. I'm not, I mean, I'm not one of those perfect people, but I'm not one of those really awful people either. And this is normally the way in which we think about sin. We normally think, well, there are certainly people that are better than me, but it's also true there's certainly people far worse than me. The honest answer to all of that is Romans chapter 3, verse number 23, for all have sinned. This is to be very blunt this evening. You are the source of most of your own problems. We live in a world that loves to blame everybody else for why our lives aren't the way that we thought they would be. But if we were honest, if we were transparent, most of the time it's, It's us, it's me, myself, who's tripping myself up. I trip myself up far more often than anyone else trips me up. And if you are honest about your own life, you trip yourself up far more often than anyone else does as well. If you were going to be honest this evening, you'd have to admit that there are habits in your life that you can't break. That there are thoughts in your mind that you do not want. There are emotions that you feel that you do not like. There are insecurities and fears that you cannot hide. There are regrets and resentments that you cannot let go of. There are things that you have said. Man, I wish I would have never said that. You see, just to be honest this evening, you are the problem with you. And I am the problem with me. So in this way, when the Bible reads in verse number 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. Wouldn't it be better if it read, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, someone who will deal with all those other people who are making your life so bad. That doesn't say that. For unto you comes a Savior. Well, why do you need a Savior? Why do I need a Savior? Well, we need a Savior because we, you and me, we have sinned. You've probably said something like this before where you've said, well, no one is perfect. How many you of have ever said that or heard that saying before? Well, no one is perfect. Well, that includes you. That includes me. And that is why God sent Jesus into this world to deal with our sin. I heard a preacher say one time, the middle letter of the word sin is I. And whenever I place myself in the center of my life, I sin. Isn't that true? It's an attitude, an action, a sin. It's an attitude or an action that denies God His rightful place in my heart and in my life. Man, the the reason God sent Jesus into the world as our Savior is so that Jesus would save you from something, but also, number two, because Jesus saves you for something. Jesus saves us from something that is our sin, but Jesus also saves us for something. The Bible says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Every person in the room at some point or another in their life struggles with some basic questions. Questions about existence. We ask questions like, why am I alive? what's, What's my purpose here? Questions about significance? Does my life really matter? Does, do, do the things I do, do they really count? Are they really making a difference? Is it really impactful? Questions about intention. Well, what's my purpose? What's the reason that God has put me here, placed me here in, in this season, in this time, with these friends, in this city? Well, God has created everything and everyone for a purpose. So if you have breath in your lungs, if you're alive this evening, and I hope that you are, well, you can be certain then that God has a purpose for you. That God has a purpose for me. And God has something He wants for you to accomplish. And God has something that He wants for me to accomplish. God has before ordained that we should walk in these good things, these good works that He is is asking and created us to do. And although God has created you for a purpose and God has given your life significance and God has for your life intention, it's certainly true we've all taken detours Many times in life, we veered off the course. We thought we knew better than God. We thought we would try it our own way. We thought we could get ahead of God in some way or the other. And for this reason, God had to send His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as a Savior to restore us to the original purpose that He created us for. You know, one of the greatest people in the Bible, his name is King David. King David, you're probably familiar with his psalms, psalms like this one, psalms 23. That the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. How many have ever heard that psalm before? That's a beautiful psalm. That psalm was written by a man by the name of King David. Did you know that David was an adulterer? Did you know that David was a murderer? And yet when the New Testament writes about David's life, what it says is, David was a man after God's own heart. Now think of that. Acts chapter 11 says that David served God all his days. That in his generation, David served The Lord, that David having all of this regret, having all of this guilt, having all of this baggage, taking all of these detours, having all these imperfections, even about David himself, it's said that he was a man after God's own heart and that he served the purposes of God in his generation. See, God has created you, God has made you, God has shaped you, God has gifted you, God has wired you, God has called you, and God saves you. Hear me on this. God saves you for a purpose. And there is nothing else in this world that will satisfy your soul more than doing what God has created, gifted, wired, called, and made you to do. I think it's pretty fair to say God has not made me to be an NFL linebacker. You could, you could probably tell. I know I'm in a very intimidating physique up here, but I would not have made it as an NFL linebacker. This is, not the, this is not the way God built me. This is not the way God made me. One hit and every bone in my body would have been fractured into a 1,000 pieces. No thank you. I don't like pain. God has created each of us. God has wired each of us, including you, for His own unique individual purposes. God saves you for something. God saves you from something. But last one, God saves you by something. Listen to the verse again, verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. God saves you by something. He said, Pastor, what is it that God saves us by? Well, God saves us by His grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Did you see what that verse just said? That God saves us by His grace, and by His grace alone. You think of every area of your life. Sports, school, work. We're judged in all those areas by our performance. We're, we're, we're counted a success or a failure based on how we perform at work or how we perform in school or how we perform on, on the, the ball field. In every area of our life, we're measured in these sorts of terms. Or how good did you do? How many points did you score? How uh, uh, good of of a a grade did you get? And so it's easy that when we come to spiritual matters that we assume that God judges us or relates to us in the same performance-based thinking. But nothing could be further from the truth. Listen to it again. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This is the difference between the message of Christianity and every other religion in the world. Every other religion in the world says there is something that you must do in order to gain favor with God, obtain forgiveness of sins, and be promised eternal life in heaven with Him. Every other religion in the world says here is what you must do. Christianity says this is what Christ has done for us. And that is the difference. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. It's easy to sit in this in the seat and go, well, Pastor, you you don't know exactly what I did yesterday. You don't know the mess that I'm in today. You don't know the train wreck that my life was last week. And it's true. We might be in a mess. And it's true. We might have had a train wreck last week. But here is also the truth that God loves you enough that he has not left you in your mess to try to figure it out on your own, performance-based. But God loves you and sent Jesus to die on the cross for you and God commendeth that word commendeth means proved so God commendeth his love or proved his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us so while while every other religion in the world says do Christianity the message of salvation in the Bible is based on the word done In fact, this is the word that Jesus exclaimed from the cross. He used the word tetelestai, which being interpreted is, it is finished, or it is done. They took Jesus off of the cross. They laid him in a tomb. Within three days later, Jesus resurrected. He didn't wasn't resuscitated. He resurrected. He came back to life. And then he ascended to the right hand of the throne of God. And there Jesus sits at the right hand of the throne of God. Forever making intercession for us. Which is to say, do you know what Jesus and God are talking about right now? They're talking about you. They're talking about you. We said this morning, but if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares for you. And the Christmas story is how far he was willing to go to prove that love to you and to me, it's probably the most famous verse in all of the Bible. John chapter three, verse number sixteen: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm gonna ask you a very pointed question this evening: Have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? I'm not asking you if you know about Jesus. I'm not asking you if there's even been a time in your life where you've believed in Jesus, but you also have to do these ten things. I'm asking you, has there been a time in your life where you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as the only payment for your sin and the only way in which you can be given a right standing with God? If you're here this this evening... You will never know the full meaning of the Christmas story and of the Christmas season apart from faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here this evening, you say, Pastor, I've accepted the Lord Jesus as my Savior before. I, I know that my sins are forgiven. I know that I have a home in heaven. I know that that place is reserved based on the work of Christ alone and not my own. If you would say that, can I, ask, can I remind you then second? Have you forgotten the love that God has loved you with? God loves you individually, specifically, personally. God cares for you. He say, well, I got, I got all kinds of stress at work. Don't we all? God doesn't, God's love for us is not proven or commended by taking all the stress away from work and putting all the family relationships back right. God's love for us is proven or commended in that he sent Jesus to be a savior for our sin because we were lost in our own sin. The apostle says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be given brand new life in him. Would you bow your head with me and let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for today. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the Christmas season and what it means. Father, I pray that if there's somebody here this evening that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray that today they would come to a saving knowledge of you. Father, to know that doesn't, doesn't matter what a church says, doesn't matter what a pastor says, what matters is, what does your word say? And your word is very simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. So, Father, I pray that you would give courage, you would give faith, and you would give grace and mercy where it's needed. Would you just keep your head bowed and eye closed for just a moment? Could I ask you a question? If you're here this evening, and you say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I do not know that heaven would be my home, my sins would be forgiven. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up high enough for me or one of our pastors to see it? We'd like to pray for you. Say, Pastor, that's me. God bless you. Thank you for doing that. I know that's not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of courage. I'm thankful that you had that courage. Say, Pastor, that's me. If I were to die today, I do not know that heaven would be my home. I do not know my sins would be forgiven. And I'd like for you to pray for me. Just high enough for me and one of our pastors to say, God bless you. Who else? There's two or three. How about you, friend? Good. In just a moment, we're going to have a song of invitation. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite you to meet me or one of our pastors right at the front. We have a pastor standing on every road. I'll be standing right here in the center. I'd love to talk with you. If you're here this evening you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, please do not leave this place this evening without taking the time to talk to one of our pastors about that. If you're here tonight, you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Can I ask you this? Have you reminded yourself of the love that God has loved you with? Or have you you given over to the lie that maybe somehow God doesn't love you anymore? God doesn't care about you anymore? God isn't interested in you anymore? Maybe for you, you just need to be reminded of the great love that God has shown to us because He sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. I don't know anything else else. That is better for your heart than to remind yourself of the infinite love that the God of the universe has given to you and given to me. And that fills my heart with joy. That gives me a peace that no matter what else I might be going through in this world, no matter who else might like me or unlike me at this moment, man, God loves me because he sent Jesus to die on the cross in my place. So maybe for you tonight, you just need to remind yourself of that. I don't know exactly how God spoke to your heart. Maybe God spoke to your heart during the song service. I don't know exactly how God spoke to your heart, but this is what I want to do. I want to take just a minute or two. I want to give all of us an opportunity to just reflect and respond to what we heard.